I don't much like social media, on the whole. I find it has capricious issues, <laughs> irrationality issues. But sometimes, you know how you're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. You think, ah, oh, yeah, no, I've heard this before. Okay, sure. Oh, this is funny. Ha, ha, ha. And then you come across something that just completely flabbergasts you. I'm Michael Spencer Norman, and you're listening to Real Philosophy, a show that argues all philosophy is vain until it gets real. Well, that's what happened to me today. I had a show all lined out, all planned. And then someone brought a particular comment on just another social media site, we won't name which one, to my attention. And at first, I thought, boy, this is incredibly... Uh, flabbergasting. It's incredibly befuddling how someone would make this comment. And the person who brought it to my attention was so emotionally upset. And I said to this person, don't get wrecked over this. Just realize where it's coming from rationally. As a matter of fact, the first thing I said was, well, it's a valid opinion. And that surprised me as much as anything. But as I continued to think about that issue, I realized we may actually have a discussion point here. And, you know, the last few shows have been good, have had good topics and good discussion. But sooner or later we're going to have to start digging into some real, present, immediate issues on which people can actually disagree on a daily basis and get upset about that disagreement. Otherwise, what's the point of learning how to tolerate and appreciate one another? That issue my friends. The issue we're going to discuss right now is should only property owners have the right to vote? Should only property owners have the right to vote? Sounds incredible, doesn't it? But you know what? We may need to discuss it. The person who initially made this comment gave reasoning that I'm going to start with. We're going to start with the yes position. Only property owners should have the right to vote. And that yes position is going to start with the very reasoning that this social media comment gave. That reasoning is 
effects of a vote are borne by property owners while the renters can just leave and not deal with those consequences. In other words, the argument is a certain group of people has to deal with consequences of a vote while another group does not have to deal with those consequences. The group that has to deal with them is property owners. Therefore, property owners should be the only ones with the right to vote and enact those consequences. Did you notice what the position did, though? How it associated those who bear effects of a vote with property ownership. Because the pure and simple counter to that is, effects can also be borne by the renters. Property owners are not the only people who suffer consequences of a vote. In fact, renters not only brave consequences of a vote, they can honestly move into an area and bear consequences of a prior vote that they did not partake in. They can also suffer consequences of a vote from property owners who are still living in the area but are absent from the property in which they reside. So in other words, if the issue is people shouldn't bear consequences of a vote when they don't live there, that could apply just as much to property owners as it does to renters. Yes, okay. But there could be other reasons for giving property owners the sole right to vote. For example, perhaps, one might argue, property owners show more social stability. In other words, they've been in the community, they've worked in the community, they've earned their property, they are staying for an indefinite amount of time. Because they have shown that stability, their votes are more stable and therefore should be the only ones allowed. Don't get too upset. <laughs> Don't get too upset. There is a counter to that position. It sounds fairly reasonable. However, not all owners own property in the places where they grew up. Not all owners own property because they have earned it or worked hard for it. Quite a few people who own property inherit it. Quite a few people, once you get into the game of property ownership, can merely trade up or trade out, which is far less effort than staying in one place your whole life and working hard your whole life to own property in one place your whole life. That's a very different circumstance. 
So simply arguing that property owners deserve the sole right to vote because they show more stability doesn't quite make sense. Okay. Okay, maybe. Maybe. But. But. The yes position might argue. The property owners, even if they are not, quote unquote, more stable, have more invested in a community. They have more to gain or lose depending on votes that happen in the places where they own that property. Not entirely sure that is true. Because whoever lives in an area clearly has the most to gain or lose. Because what is more valuable than your own life? Owners can invest in an area without being present. Without being present, how much are you really risking to gain or lose? And in addition to that, if you were to allow property owners to vote alone, by themselves, only, that would subject renters to a mere theoretical practice of policy. There's one very clear example of that happening and that would be the American Revolution. The British, who did not live in the colonies, felt that they could pass policy on to the colonists without allowing them secure, stable representation. We all know how that went. Historically speaking, it seems a bit incredulous for people in the United States to presume that the very conditions which spurred the American Revolution would not happen again if only property owners were allowed to vote. And now, we get to tackle the side that seems a bit more difficult to counter. But to be fair, we will. And that is the side that says, absolutely not. Property owners should not be the only ones allowed to vote. Probably the most obvious reason for saying no to this idea is that, frankly, it's the law. 
in the United States, it is the law. All citizens who are adults have the right to vote. This is established by history. This is established by legal precedent. Court case after court case, decade after decade of progress has led us to the point where all adult citizens have the right to vote. It's the law. But you know what? Laws can change. Laws can change. Amendments to documents can be accepted and passed. Qualifications can be made on already existing laws. Precedent can be reconsidered in light of new evidence. If you're going to argue that the only reason property owners should not be the only ones voting is because it's the law, that might seem reasonable, but laws can change and be reinterpreted. So that's not enough. Another common reason given in response to this, and this isn't the only time that I've heard this idea that only property owners should be allowed to vote. You'd be surprised. One of the other reasons given for rejecting that idea is that it's anachronistic. It reverts us back to the 1800s. Only property owners, only white males who were property owners could vote. Property owner identity may have changed, but to institute this concept of property owners being allowed to vote would revert us straight back to the 1800s. There are two main flaws with that kind of an argument the anachronistic argument. One is that not all past policy is bad. We have an acclamation to the idea that once we make some progress, it's going to stay forever. But if that were true, progress wouldn't be made at all because every step of progress refutes some earlier idea. The question isn't change. This is hard for some people to accept. The question isn't change by itself. The question is positive change. It is entirely possible to make a mistake and not allowing yourself to correct that mistake is actually worse than continuing that mistake 
because you believe that any change you make is good. Not all past policy is bad. And in addition to that, not all past ideas are inapplicable forever. Not all past ideas are forever inapplicable. Think about that. Just think about that for just a moment. Just because something was applicable in the past doesn't mean it won't be applicable at some point in the future. What if, this is for the sake of discussion, okay? What if the only people who didn't own property in this country were not citizens? Think about that. Then you would have a situation where property ownership basing a vote would seem reasonable. Obviously, we're not at that point. But the point of that for discussion is not all past ideas are completely inapplicable. In the past, the distant past, people viewed sentient beings as equals. And by sentient, I mean creatures with a mind, with a will, like your pets. That idea, which we could also debate, and I would be happy to, seems to be returning. Not all past ideas are inapplicable or culturally irrelevant. The third reason someone might give for rejecting this idea that only property owners should be allowed to vote is that everyone affected by a law should have a say about that law. You don't get to vote for things that I'm affected by, property owners. I'm a renter, I live here, I'm just as much affected, if not more. Therefore, I should have a say. Unfortunately, that too is heavily problematic. If everyone affected by a law had a say in that law, then voting qualifications themselves would be quite flimsy. 
inconsistent from area to area and issue to issue. Could minors then vote since they're affected by the laws being passed in the place where they live with their parents? Should criminals be allowed to vote because they're affected by laws that affect the prison system? Should owners no longer living in a given area be allowed to vote because it still affects, the law still affects their property? They don't reside there. They just own property there. Should they then be given two votes? One for the place where they live and one for the place where they own property? Additional property? If everyone affected by a law should have a say, I'm not sure we're going to get consistent voting, a consistent, reliable guidance system on which to base our practices and laws. Well, well, well. <laughs> Such a seemingly ignorant idea becomes quite complicated. Wherever you are on this, you can still let me know. It's an interesting idea. It's an interesting concept. Just be mindful that feelings alone may not be enough. And even reason alone might take some work. Real Philosophy is written and produced by me. Michael Spencer Harmon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Real Philosophy. If you'd like to get in contact, you can send an email to realphilosophypodcast at gmail.com. That's realphilosophypodcast, one word, at gmail.com. You can also look the show up on Twitter at realphilpodcast. Thanks very much. And if you do like the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.